that's something that I find really interesting. And the, the writer, Steve Rogers, I believe is his name, Stephen Rogers, um, he interviewed both of these uh, people, both Tanya and Jeff, prior to writing the screenplay. And he said their stories hardly ever lined up. They remembered their lives completely differently. Welcome to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie. And I'm Allison. And today we are joined with, once again, my son Theodore. Hopefully he is, um, I, I honestly don't know if you could tell in our last podcast, but hopefully he's, he's a little bit better behaved this time than he was last time. Uh, today we are talking about um, a biopic, I guess, about um, a very... Uh, controversial story of the early 90s that was turned into a film uh, in 2017. It is uh, the one and only I, Tanya. It is now available on Hulu. Uh, like I said, it came out in 2017 um, and received several nominations for awards in the 2018 award season, um, including uh, Best Supporting Actress for Allison Janney for the role of uh, Tanya Harding's mother, and um, Best Actress for Tanya Harding, Margot Robbie, as well as, uh, I think, Best Writing as well, or Best uh, Screenplay? Um, I don't remember what it was. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. It's I think it's Best Director, or Film Editing, actually. It's Film Editing okay. is what it received nominations for. And Allison Janney actually won for Best Supporting Actress. Yes, yeah, she did. I love her. I was just thinking about this before I came in to do this podcast, that um, she's up there for me with, like, Meryl Streep in everything that she's in. I absolutely love. I think that she is a phenomenal actress, and she did such a great job in this film. So she definitely deserved it. Margot Robbie, who has been in Wolf of Wall Street. She has also been Harley Quinn in um, the Suicide Squad Suicide Squad movies. She's been in um, just a bunch of other different movies. And she's married to uh, Justin Verlander, who oh. is a professional baseball player. Oh, um, she's from Australia. Bless you, Theo. And also, um, she is going to be playing um, Shannon Tate in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which actually comes out in theaters. It's already out in theaters by the time that this airs. So that's kind of cool. Another, you know, I guess, well, I guess figure skating isn't really Hollywood, but another, um, playing another popular in the the news character, I guess. I, I, I guess I can't really compare Shannon Tate to... Tanya Harding but um but another famous individual in this movie you know Tanya Harding becomes the like second most well-known person in the world behind Bill Clinton because of the controversy Mm -hmm. and um so this film the way that it is filmed is kind of a documentary or mockumentary mockumentary cross-sectioned with um interviews with the characters um quite after the fact and the characters kind of break the fourth wall so which I love and yes that's really cool I think it's great and she does that in a couple of other films including Wolf of Wall Street um and the big short which is she's in that yes oh. she is um just a small part but um oh that's right yeah okay so they do interviews with um you know Tanya Tanya's mother her um then ex-husband 
Jeff and a couple of other um, folks in the movie, um, including some kind of, I, I would say, um, like journalists, journalists, and and coaches and whatnot. So, um, also another thing about this film that I want to mention before we get started, if you haven't seen it, obviously spoilers ahead. But also, um, this kind of has a trigger warning with it. There is some very um, intense domestic violence yeah. that is portrayed in this film which um, if you're sensitive to that or you know somebody who is, I wouldn't suggest um, this film without giving them a heads up because it does get pretty intense. Yeah. Um, if you don't know, the uh, reason Tanya Harding kind of rose to um, notorious fame is because of the incident that happened in 1994 prior to the Olympics where her kind of um, biggest competition in a way um, Nancy Kerrigan was struck by an unknown man and had a severe, um, like, kneecapping right mm-hmm. before um, a huge competition, which she wasn't, she couldn't partake in the competition, which gave Tanya a spot on the 1994 Olympic team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this kind of um, skate off between them or you know, these competitions that came after the fact with Tanya and Nancy both competing together became a huge um, kind of pop culture and like a super sensationalized event. Everybody had their eyes on this because, um, you know, they came to find out that um, Tanya and her husband and his associates had something to do with Nancy's incident injury or the yeah. incident yes as, as they, they refer to it so um the the film does really go back to tanya's upbringing you know her mother is portrayed and i think it's pretty accurate as very cold and she is demanding she you know swats her on the butt is what uh Levana says but you know she's a waitress and she works non-stop to put her daughter through um, skating lessons because she is really naturally talented yeah. she is great she won her first competition when she was four years old um and one of the first scenes is they go to an ice rink to meet with this woman named diane who i'm assuming is um a well sought out uh ice skating coach and uh or figure skating i shouldn't say ice skating um and she says i i don't coach beginners I don't coach girls this young and Tanya kind of proves herself just by skating around and Diane becomes her coach she wins her first competition and uh, she can't really do it without Levon Levana Levana basically uh berating her the entire time like very very uh verbally abusive um physically abusive there's a scene where she's like beating her with a hairbrush and um that is actually true um, and, um, Lavana has actually said that, um, the reason she did that was she was trying to get her hair ready for a uh, competition. She wants it still, I mean, obviously it doesn't make it right, but just how she kind of justifies what she's doing to Tanya is, um, she skated best when she was angry and which is obviously wrong, but, um, kind of made her sh- who she was and is today kind of rough around the edges she grew up very poor yeah she gr- she grew up in Oregon which a lot of people I, I you know being in the Midwest I wouldn't think they would have 
um, you know, maybe folks of this uh, socioeconomic um, status, but they it was Portland, like it kind was, of dumpy at the time. Um, it wasn't in Portland. It was kind of in central um, near Clackamas, I think. Hmm. Um, so a little bit more central central Oregon, but um, that theme of Tanya being in a close relationship with somebody who is aggressive towards her continues yeah. all throughout her skating career. I mean, she she met her husband, Jeff, when she was 15, and they started dating. They got married really young, and um, he becomes super, um, like, physically abusive with mm-hmm. her, you know, punching her in the face, throwing her, you know, down the stairs grabbing her by her hair and she says in the movie um that she couldn't do any of this without him you know they fought they would break up they'd get back together yeah. she'd call the police on him you know she would have restraining orders all these different things so it shows really how chaotic her background was yet she goes out on the ice and she performs um amazingly albeit um really rough around the edges she plays like crazy music she does yeah. a routine disease top metal, yeah and um, she sews her own costumes because she doesn't have any money. Yeah. Um, in fact, when she is not training, she's, you know, unlike the other girls who get to train all day, she has to have a job and work as a waitress, right. um, which is crazy because... And she also didn't even get to finish school. She didn't get her GED because she just yeah, threw she, her life into figure skating. Yeah, she, like, got out of, I think she got out of high school and she's, like, 14 or something like that. Yeah. And her mom just made her quit so she could skate all the time and then you know she's got jeff who works as like a i can't remember something in manufacturing some very low level blue collar job yeah. but when she marries him she's able to kind of have her her uh, finances handled and and yeah. skate all the time and and train and i think something that's very interesting too is you know when you, when you watch the olympics they always pan to like family and parents in the audience and yeah. in this film they show lavana at the restaurant she is a waitress at like watching on the television yeah. because she can't be there she couldn't even afford to go to the olympics in um 94 in lillehammer which it's just really sad in it, but I think it goes to show how much money gets poured into yeah. sports it's, and stuff like this. And figure skating in general is a very, uh, how should I say this, stuck-up sport. Um, it's generally uh, competed with very affluent people. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very expensive. I mean, the costumes are expensive, uh, traveling, um, and it's a very physically demanding uh, sport as well, but definitely very expensive. And so, uh, Tanya sticks out like a sore thumb over and over again with her costumes. There's a scene where she, um, skates out towards the the judge's table in the middle of, or maybe not the middle, like right before another skater is about to start. Um, and she, you know, is asking about her low scores and they say, well, we judge on presentation as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, she said, well, maybe if you could give me $5,000 for, you know, a costume, then I wouldn't have to make my own. So you can get out of my face. And then she says to um, suck her dick, which apparently she never said. No. But um, it's funny when um, the real Tanya Harding saw the movie, she said, I loved that line. I wish I had actually said it. Yeah. Which I think is funny. But one thing I wanted to bring up about the um, about the violence is, again, throughout the movie, we have um, little talking heads of the, the main characters kind of um, coming in and talking about what we're about to see, Jeff 
anything related to being physically violent, he says this, like what you're about to see is all a lie. Like none of this actually happened. Mm -hmm. And then Tanya says, well, it did happen. And then there's a scene where she brings out a shotgun and shoots at him in their home. And she says, it's actually kind of weirdly funny. Like she's uh, breaking the fourth wall as Tanya and is like, I never did this while she's like holding the shotgun. It's kind of funny, but yeah, that's something that I find really interesting. And the, the writer, Steve Rogers, I believe is his name, Stephen Rogers. Um, he interviewed both of these, uh, people, both Tanya and Jeff prior to writing the screenplay. And he said their stories hardly ever lined up. They remembered their lives completely differently. And so he said he kind of left it up to the audience to decide what they believe to be true. That's kind of the intent with this movie that you don't really know who to believe. You kind of just have to come up with that on your own. Um, I tend to, in general, always side with um, a woman in a case of abuse. And I 100% believe that if not by Jeff, at least by her mother, Tanya suffered a lot of abuse in her life. And Jeff just kind of seems like a really skeezy guy. And he, uh, he has this really creepy mustache and he brings it up. The actor brings it up in the beginning. Like, I apologize for the mustache. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he just seems like a, a bad guy. Yeah, he's not a very, very good guy. And the way that they, you know, they film this, they kind of go... Um, the way that it's portrayed you know the two characters you know tanya and jeff giving their own i guess um perceptions of what happened it seems like they pretty much always side with um tanya i would say 90 percent of the time with you know kind of what happened Mm -hmm. um and it's it's just crazy how you know they because in making of this film we no one really does know what happened. I mean, the big question that is on kind of everyone's minds, it's kind of, I think that the question of whether Tanya did it or had something to do with it about, knew about about the physical attack is such a divisive question, kind of like, um, who killed John Benet Ramsey? It's like one of those things where we really don't know what actually happened, but, um, people can be really, you can really divide a room um, in a lot of ways on, um, you know, the verdict of what you think actually happened with with this particular situation. And the way that it's filmed and the way that they make it come across is that um, Tanya actually didn't know about what happened, that she was only asking Jeff to send these threatening letters which I'm confused about that whole situation as to as to why they you know really thought that it would it would do anything maybe just to like psychological warfare I think is what they called it they just wanted her to be scared and yeah throw her off her game which Tanya received a death threat too and I believe that was from Jeff like isn't it like he basically like did it it was from, yeah, Sean and Jeff, I think, kind of cooked it up. Yeah, like, is, oh, she's receiving death threats, too, maybe to throw everyone off. Like, it's not her doing it. Like, they're both getting it. But it was supposed to just be letters. And uh, Tanya's bodyguard, is it Sean? Sean. his name? Oh, God. This guy says that he, you know, just talks these big, tall tales of while, you know, they do these, you know, mockumentary-style interviews with him from the late 90s when... 
I, I mean, I'm assuming an actual video like this exists with the real Sean, who apparently changed his name after he went to prison. So did Jeff. Yeah. Um, here's the here's what actually happened with this call. I looked it up. So um, she withdrew from that competition because she got that death threat, and the police, and to this day, nobody knows who the real identity of of the caller was that called in this death threat, but. Um, Sean's character says that he made it in the that he made the call in the film but in reality they they don't know who it was but that gave huh. Jeff the idea to, to do it to yeah. cook up this okay. kind of threatening thing with with these girls and it's just it's crazy that you know that they would go to these lengths but you know there have been plenty of other more horrible things to happen in sports yeah um between competitors to try and get a little edge over over yeah. their competition. So it's not really that crazy no. of a... But what happens instead, I guess, is, you know, where all the, the craziness comes in. So again, it was supposed to be letters, but Sean hires these just like bozos, basically, to... I think in the movie he says it was supposed... Well, he's, you know, saying to, you know, whoever's interviewing him, it was supposed to be an actual hit, like, killer is what Jeff and Tanya wanted, but they decided to just bust her kneecap instead, supposedly. But um, the uh, the assailant gets caught. Sean, I guess, is boasting about it in all these different scenes. You know, he's at a bar, he's in a public restroom, he's, you know, telling these people, oh yeah, by the way, what happened to Nancy Kerrigan? That was me. And so then he gets pulled in, he gets uh, interrogated, and he just gives it all up to Jeff who um, also didn't know, uh, again, according to the mo- the, what we know from the film and from the perspective of, of Jeff and Tanya, he also didn't know. Um, but eventually he also gives up Tanya and said she was behind it. She knew when, based on the perspective that we are given in this film, she didn't. The only thing that she was guilty of was preventing the police from finding out the truth. Yeah. She kind of impeded an official um, police investigation. And so, you know, Tanya does, in real life, too, you know, she does some TV interviews. She interviews with the FBI and, um, you know, Sean and um, I think it's uh, Derek and Shane or... Yeah, Derek was the getaway car, if I'm not mistaken. And these other guys, you know... um, Jeff and Sean kind of give them up. They, you know, the the getaway car guys in Detroit, they do, um, you know, they do get caught. And he really did use his head to batter through the plexiglass to get out of the door because the door was chained. And he did trip over some dude like an idiot. Um, I, It's so unbelievable how stupid these guys were that they, ugh, idiots. I cannot handle that. But, um... You know, she she ends up um, not really getting charged with anything officially, except, like you said, impeding a police investigation. Yeah. Jeff gets a racketeering charge, and he only serves eight, uh, months. eight months in jail, and these other guys do um, some time in jail, including parole, and she doesn't really have anything civil go down, but the, you know, U.S. figure skaters... Um, 
committee, they essentially strip her national title and ban her from ever participating in skating, which is a huge blow to her because like Jamie said, she doesn't have an education. No, you know, no the skills. only other thing that she she ever did was waitress and skate and now she can't do the one thing that she loves that she's really really good at because why she rose to such fame was being the first American to land a triple axle. Yeah. Nobody had ever um it's amazing to watch like the real footage from that because this is interesting they were not actually able to film somebody do that in this movie there are only two figure skaters at the time who could do it but they were training for the olympics and they didn't want to risk it so it's all cgi Mm -hmm. in the film so watching the real tanya harding it's incredible that and like the look on her face how happy she is when she lands it and you know this new title that she has because she landed it it's incredible and yeah to find out like imagine you know your life's work you can never do it again she can't even coach like that is how banned she is like Mm -hmm. she cannot be involved at all for the rest of her life and she had this like huge amazing incredible thing and she rose to such fame only for it to be doused by this like crazy controversy that she kind of got wrapped up in if it wasn't for her stupid (gasps) ex-husband Jeff um who was a crazy cuckoo this probably you know wouldn't have happened and she would have gone on to have an amazing you know career so it's really you know it's really really tragic but um jeff even admitted like i ruined her career like he says it like in real life and in the film like yeah it's my fault it's my fault i did it all because men can't let women be happy um (laughs) but enough on that (laughs) but enough on that um as jamie said you know in making this film they had to use cgi for this and margot robbie did train for about four months to be able to do a lot of these moves so when you see her you know doing some of these basic moves it really is her she has about five different routines that are each about a minute long but then they have um some other figure skaters that stand in for her Mm -hmm. um for some of these for some of these bigger moves um which is which is really incredible that you know all the all the preparation and all the time spent on this it only took them 30 days to film the whole thing jesus really yes wow and uh alice and janney she was only on set for six days to do all of her scenes um because she's she is absent from a large part of tanya's life um during the olympics and um you know she's in the she's a waitress at the at the diner and then you know she comes back for the one moment to um you know after the controversy to ask her did she really do it and which, she's wearing a wire which she's she wearing a, a wire or whatever it is something that did happen but not like that she actually went to the rink when tanya was practicing and asked her and tanya noticed that she had a recording device and told her like never talk to me again and after that they hadn't spoke um, I don't think they've spoken since 2002, if right. I'm not mistaken. That is correct. However, uh, Lavana did do some interviews. The scenes with her with, like, the fur coat with the bird perched on her shoulder is real life. She really did that. Um, and they show that in the end credits of, you know, this mm-hmm. this real interview. And um, it's really interesting to look at, you know, side by side from the film and from real life how close to real life they were able to make it. I mean, down to the costumes, the hair, the makeup, um, even just like the facial expressions, especially um, Tanya's performance when she got eighth in the in the Olympics where her 
uh, lace is broken and she, you know, the defeated look on her face and she like brings herself up to the uh, judge's table. Like, I'm so sorry. Like my lace broke, please give me another chance. And like all of that, just looking side by side is amazing. The attention to detail that yeah. they went in with this. Especially with the costumes and mm-hmm. and the hair. I mean, ever, pretty much everyone was, all the gals were wearing wigs. Um, oh God, I hated Margot Robbie's hair. I know it was supposed to be Tanya Harding's hair, but I, ugh, it's so awful. <laughs> like the late is. 80s, early 90s. They actually ugh. use the real perm box perms that you buy at like Walgreens or CVS oh god really to perm the wigs oh yeah my god. It's, it's hilarious horrible. and it's so so bad and actually I actually wanted to get a perm when I was a kid oh me too I was kind of obsessed with the idea because my mom um had perms but um Alice and Janney she trained to be a figure skater when she was really? in high school oh. um but she had an accident where she like uh, ran into a glass door and she like cut a tendon and an artery and she nearly had to have her um, leg amputated. Jesus, she was like, really? yes, she was in the hospital wow. for um, you know a month and a half and then you know after that she um, obviously didn't get back into figure skating no. because you know it was far too far too difficult. Speaking of actors. Um- and skating did you know that steve carell actually is an amazing hockey player and ice skater and that was yeah that was actually his original plan was to be a pro hockey player that is crazy it didn't work out i did not know that and Mm -hmm. uh, margot robbie played um ice hockey when she was a kid but she when she came to the states too she joined a a hockey team (laughs) yeah and she but she needed a lot of uh refreshing on on uh, the ice but you know she did an amazing job she was great Mm -hmm. and um you know the the person that kind of you know tanya gets a lot of notoriety in this um but nancy kerrigan also i mean this affected her life in an insane way she was physically um assaulted by somebody Mm -hmm. and had you know a lot of her olympic hopes and dreams kind of um, you know, taken away from her in the moment. You know, she didn't know she was going to be able to por- perform. She ended up getting the silver medal. Um, and Tanya's character, Margot Robbie, says she looks like she just stepped in poop because yeah. she wasn't pleased. And it's true. She is just kind of like, well, and maybe she thought, maybe she, she thought that it was kind of a pity medal. Who knows? Because I think those judges, I mean, if they're willing to dock a points on the way that somebody's costume looks, maybe they're willing to give points for the fact that somebody had, you know, their that year. Was it Oksana Bayul? Yes. The, or the Ukrainian, um, woman. I think she was Ukrainian. She was the first gold medalist from Ukraine. Hmm. What is her name? I I believe it's Oksana. Do we have any, uh, figure skating, uh, fanatics out there <laughs> yes I you know I'm like a fair weather fan when it comes to figure skating I think um I get really into it around the Olympics I um love Johnny Weir he is so amazing when he does like his Olympic commentary with um what's her face I can't remember her I'm name a terrible American Tara, I don't really watch the Olympics <laughs> Tara I can't remember her last name um I don't know. but then you know um, some of the other uh, ice skating craziness. There's um, 
I think it's Meryl and Johnny. They are from the U.S. They did really well. There's a team from Canada um, that isn't going to be um, participating in the next Winter Olympics. But I think ice skating is so fascinating. It's beautiful for sure. I mean, it's not my cup of tea, but I mean, it's like I said, the amount of physical, it's very physically demanding. I mean, you have to be so agile to do it. And I, I remember as a kid, I wanted to figure skate or just ice skate and I can't do it. It's so hard. And it's funny, my husband and I, the first date we were supposed to go on was actually ice skating and we ended up not doing it. Um, there's a local ice rink and I think there was a a hockey game going on that night. We're like, Oh, well, Never mind. But uh, but no, I mean it is it is beautiful. Um, it's hard for me to not think about figure skating without thinking of Blades of Glory, yes. <laughs> which is a a, a comedy with uh, Will Ferrell and John Heater about two male figure skaters. Which is that ever going to be a thing? Do you think? I think so. I mean, maybe one day. Maybe or one two day. female. Um, have there been two female? I don't know. I don't Again, know. do we have any fanatics out there that would know? You know who's a huge? Figure oh, it's skating? Tara Lipinski. Oh, do, that's what I was thinking. I'm do sorry. Do you know uh, who's a huge figure skating fan? Jonathan Van Ness. Yes. He is like learning. He is like BFFs with Michelle Kwan. He, I love him. He is from uh, Queer Eye, if you are not familiar. But um, I think that figure skating is fascinating and the drama with it. And it's just crazy. It's I feel like it's one of those sports where... Um, well, I guess a lot of Olympic sports these days, you have to have a lot of money to be able to perfect that craft, Um, you know, have all the coaches. And on top of that, they have to wear these crazy, insane outfits with Swarovski crystals on it and all this like lace and crazy stuff, which really costs thousands and thousands of dollars. Whereas, and that's just like for looks, not always for agility or, you know, whatnot. It's more for aesthetics versus some of these other sports equipment that, you know, costs a lot of money because you have to have it. But well, it's like I said, like part of their judging is on presentation, which I think is kind of bullshit. I mean, it should just be about talent. But I can also understand at the same time, like you don't want to look like shit. Like you need to have somewhat of a professional like presence. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy just it's everything like not just the physical talent but just your persona and everything that you have to do and you know and another thing too you know a lot of these girls um and guys who are on the olympic circuit whether it be um you know any sport in the olympics they can gain a lot of notoriety i mean i think of um adam Ripon. he is a figure skater and he has done a lot of like press for other things I think he has he was in like the Taylor Swift music video I think about um you know Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir they're figure skaters and now they are always doing commentary for um different competitions and even soccer players or um you know the curling team or you know whatever it is they can kind of get some press and they can um you know, get a lot of money from doing endorsement deals. And Tanya didn't really get that. No. Not only because um, she, you know, had a rough around the edges appearance to her. People didn't really want to put her on camera like they did. Nancy Kerrigan did um, Campbell Soup. And I think she did Revlon ads. In the meantime, um, you know, Tanya had to work as a waitress. And she didn't just, she didn't get a slow down and kind of do this press 
stuff and have other people handle things for her she she really had to be her own you know bodyguard and her own publicist and manager and yeah and um especially when she kind of like left her mom like she basically did everything herself yeah it's just um it just goes to show how complex and in-depth sports and training and all of these things you know can turn into and this is right around the time when 24-hour news became a thing Mm -hmm. and since you know it was overseas uh, the Olympics were, I mean, there was coverage around the clock, and then there was coverage in prime time, so they really weren't getting, you know, a break, so it kind of even permeated, you know, the culture and everybody's conversations um, at all times, because, you know, we didn't really have internet or you know, people couldn't be reading about other news that wasn't getting covered. It was the Olympics were in their face 24-7. So, of course, that was all they were going to talk about. Right. And, I mean, Tani got crucified by the media and by yeah. the public. And it is crazy how somebody can just fall so far. Right. And honestly, like, one of, I would say one of the critiques of this film is that it, this, it really does make Tanya out to be a victim. And I have to say that I feel for her. I mean, it's hard not to feel bad for her. I mean, you know, whether she had something to do with what happened to Nancy or not, you know, it, it was obviously wrong. Wh- whoever did it, you know, that's not how you want to win anything. But, you know, it's just what she had to go through just to do what she loved and she was you know pushed so hard as a kid and I mean she you know didn't really have a very loving relationship with anyone in her life I mean even her father who left her mother when she was young didn't really see him very much she had an abusive mother an abusive husband she had a really rough go of it and it's hard to not feel bad for her like she lost everything but you know she eventually became a female boxer like she um, which is hilarious. <laughs> she also, um, own like she does like landscaping, I believe now. Yeah. And, like um, decking and yeah. landscaping stuff. She lives back in Oregon. I think she has a seven year old son. He might be older now. Um, yeah, I think she, he's like, uh, like nine or 10 married to, you know, happily married to somebody else. Um, third husband. Yeah. And, uh, it's, you know, she, she ended up being okay. And when, she you know when they decided to make this film like she got to go to the world premiere and uh you know she really enjoyed all of that and something I found interesting was Margot you know obviously had to get to know Tanya a little bit and she said that she 100% believes she 100 she 100% believes that she didn't know anything about the incident and that um she said I don't know the exact quote, but she said, you know, there's, you know, popular misfits and then there's Tanya Harding, you know, like she didn't have a good reputation and Mm -hmm. she was always just kind of told to be somebody that she just wasn't and tried to be or was told, you know, you have to dress this way or you have to be this way. And she just wasn't. And she was still able to achieve so much. Um, all of that being said, you know, Nancy, I feel kind of gets thrown under the bus with this film. She's hardly in it at all. I mean, it's not about her, but, um, and another thing that I thought was interesting was, you know, one of the talking, you know, the breaking the fourth wall 
Tanya says, you know, me and Nancy were friends. Like, why would you do that to a friend? It's true. They bunked together, like, um, on, you know, competitions and when they were partying together. Yeah. and... And, you know, watching TV and, you know, eating and hanging out, like, they were friends like they were both on the same yeah they were vying for positions on the olympic team but they're on the same team um the team of the united states yes (laughs) nancy was and is this very um prim and proper um you know came from a lot of wealth she was very beautiful she was graceful and um you know had like a very um I would say calm demeanor and that was attractive to a lot of people because she was somebody that you could really look up to whereas Tanya she had so much raw talent but just like that she was raw she was rough around the edges and um, she was abrasive and a lot of people you know though admired her saw her as kind of a pariah even before all of this craziness happened because she was unpredictable and she had a crazy life and she was poor you know Mm -hmm. we always want to point that out about people their status, their economic upbringing, and their background. You know, she didn't have this, you know, prestigious background or training. I mean, honestly, the most prestigious thing about her was Diane training her, I guess. I wouldn't even say that was prestigious. She was very expensive, I'm sure. But um, And she surrounded herself with these idiots. Yeah. I mean, Jeff was stupid and then you know the sean guy it's true he really did brag to a bunch of people that he had something to do with nance the incident with nancy and even his father was bragging to people about it they believe that there was a woman his father um had interacted sean's father had interacted with who called in an anonymous tip and said you need to yeah you need to look after look into the sean guy i mean um, it's just so it's sad really that Tanya was a victim of her circumstances if only she had had um, someone a little bit nicer that she had you know met and married or somebody who could have supported her yeah. or if her dad had still been around I mean it's like she got knocked down you know three step four three steps forward five steps back with everything yeah. because she you know, she rose to such high ranks on an international stage and somebody had to go and, and ruin her career. And um, I really don't think she had anything to do with the physical attacks on Nancy, though it's not in good character for her to want to threaten anybody either. Yeah. So for that, she is absolutely guilty, guilty yeah. for that. One thing I wanted to bring up, um, if you will let me, we're almost done, buddy, I promise. One thing I wanted to bring up was just other sports controversies, especially like now and like how they're dealt with. Um, it's I guess this isn't really sports, but it happened, you know, right after all of the the Tanya Nancy uh, controversy was um, the O.J. Simpson trials. And, uh, Which I just rewatched the whole uh, the People versus OJ right before this, so I was like, "Oh my, I am stuck in 1994, 1995 right now." <laughs> um, um, but like, uh, there was so much craziness with sports and controversy and Lance and Armstrong. Um, oh my God, who was the swimmer? Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. He kind of had a controversy, but then Ryan Lochte did yeah. when he was in Brazil. I'm thinking, like, uh, Ray, is it Ray Rice? Um, 
oh yeah he was the tiger woods tiger woods uh, the yeah the baltimore ravens player um and even uh some who was that lady soccer player i can't remember her name hope something maybe i can't remember and then even even controversially like um you know tristan thompson who he um, is a good was a good player on the basketball court, but his relationship with Khloe Kardashian like permeated every single yeah. part of pop culture, and you know just all these you know doping and the Olympics in general are so they can be filled with such controversy. I think about like Russia or um, mm-hmm. I mean the women's soccer team. I mean like just them celebrating caused controversy. Yes, or Since- Colin Kaepernick. Like yeah. There is, um, I, sports influence so much of our culture. We're very ob- just obsessed and permeated by sports. And it's crazy because you're just watching other people play games. <laughs> and it's not you actually doing it. You're watching other people. I mean, it is entertaining, but... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's 100% true. It's, um, there is so much controversy and we're not going to stop having it mm-hmm. and you know these want want these sports players too i mean um you know they like like tanya she rose to such fame she didn't have um certainly the money that comes along with it that a lot of these other professional athletes get thinking basketball players baseball players football players they get huge salaries and sometimes they squander all of that money and they make really poor decisions yeah. and that's that's one thing and it really is just to me it's such an interesting an interesting concept to um witness these these players who either rise above it i think about like steph curry even like lebron james he gives back to a lot of his community and then there are these other these other players who like you know johnny football who just squander all of their money and they fall from grace very very quickly or get you know caught up in other controversies it's um you know there's a huge price to pay when you want to be the best if you're not the most skilled person and to be to be the one who wants to sabotage your other players at the end of the day you know like deflate gate (laughs) (laughs) that's a big one oh yeah um i won't get into that because i hate the patriots um (laughs) At the end of the day, you know, these professional players are just as big as, you know, Hollywood stars, you know, unfortunately they do have a responsibility to be, you know, role models for, for kids and for people. And, you know, they have this, provide us a service, I guess, by having this talent that we get to observe and watch and enjoy and becomes pastimes for for generations but also at the end of the day like they're still people and they're going to make mistakes and they get you know blown up in the media sometimes for them sometimes when it's not even their fault and it's just that's just the way it is but (laughs) but really um and in tanya harding's case i feel that she if circumstances were different for her, you know, not just her upbringing, but well, honestly, her upbringing, would she have even been in the Olympics at all? Maybe not. But if she had met somebody different, if she, you know, went and lived with her dad, 
and yeah. not her mom. Like, who knows what would have happened to mm-hmm. her. What's What's interesting, too, to me is with sports – you know, what drives people a lot to to win in any situation is money and power. And when you win the Olympics, when you get a gold medal, you don't win a lot of money. I mean, the medal is worth something, but you're never going to sell it. No. And it's all about brand deals in order to make your money. But, you know, for the most part, it's about power. It's about saying that you are the best in the world. Glory. And to, you know, have that you know representing your country too you know I think that's the biggest thing for I mean some people just want you know I'm the best but you know just representing your country like we are the best at this or you know just a positive light it's a lot of and it's a lot of responsibility to fall on to one person I cannot imagine I think the Olympic team when they do figure skaters maybe they send four girls for each event I think they can enter so it's a lot of pressure and to have that all taken away from you um in a matter of you know a week for everything that you that consumes your entire being you eat sleep and breathe it it is it's just crazy but I think that this film does an incredible job the way that it the way that they interject kind of this fake this mockumentary with these also kind of um, fake interviews is brilliant. Mm-hmm. The way that they put it together and that they went through from the very beginning to really kind of humanize Tanya in a way too because she seemed just kind of like this trailer trash, cr- like too big for her britches skater. But when you get to see and from where see where she came from, and how she rose to such fame and all the struggle that she endured in it. I think, for me at least, it gives me a lot of respect for her. And the fact that she is living a normal life. She seems really happy now despite everything that happened. Obviously, you can't take back the past, but she is kind of thriving in her own way of doing what she wants to do. She seems really happy and she sounds really happy. So I think that this film is not only a great you know story and um you you know the way that they it's put together but it's for it being a real life story but I don't know what I'm trying to say I think I think I know what you mean just like yeah just uh it's it's not only a great story but it kind of exonifies is that is that the right exonerates exonerates it exonerates someone who dealt with a lot of shit from the media for a long time for something that again to this day we'll never really know the true story but you know it shows it gives you a different perspective than what the media painted it out to be because obviously they're going to want to see the best or the worst in everyone and highlight the most dramatic things and things that are going to get ratings and things that people aren't going to talk about but nobody really likes to talk about you know oh did you know that her mom like beat her with a hairbrush or that you know her husband you know beat the shit out of her and threw her down the stairs and tried to you know shoot a gun at her you know people don't want to talk about that stuff they only want to point the fingers at one person Mm -hmm. so I think this is a great job of presenting multiple perspectives since we do get the perspective of Jeff and from Tanya as well as Tanya's mother and 
and Sean. And I think that the the casting and the way that they trained them and they worked with them and they were directed is spot on for the characters that they yeah. played. I was talking to my friend last night and I said that I was absolutely befuddled at Sean that I couldn't believe he was so stupid to think that he really was some espionage expertise. That interview was with Barbara Walters. That's at the very end of the film. And she's like, but you're not. Like, she's just like, you're not. We couldn't find that anywhere. And he does say that it was in a travel magazine around the Gulf War. That is so crazy. (laughs) I can't even believe that this person, he, well, he has since passed, but that he thought that on national television he could get away with that. People would mm. think that he was a true uh, espionage expert or something. It's um, it's just a great story, and it's yeah. so captivating. And especially if you were around to witness this whole thing unfold, I think that you'll find great joy and satisfaction in it and the characters um the the actors really amplify this this story all right well let's get into our official review of i tanya i think i'm gonna give it a four out of five um i do love the way the story is told i think if it were just like just a typical biopic without these you know breaking the fourth wall interviews, um, mockumentary style, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. And I think that that's what really works about this film is that it does give you kind of a behind the scenes look at this story. It's not just a telling of it. It's a, you know, all these conflicting storylines of like what happened, what didn't happen from my perspective, whoever's perspective. And there's even a line in the movie that she's Tanya says the truth is bullshit like there's no such thing which I don't know if I 100% believe that but I I do see what she means that everyone has their own truth and so the way that the story is told from these different perspectives these different different truths I guess I think is very very interesting I think the lead cast is phenomenal like I said uh, Allison Janney is amazing. Uh, Margot Robbie, I think, really kind of put her foot in the door as a serious, uh, not that she wasn't serious before, but um, a, she a was tr- kind of this like pinup doll. Yeah. Sort of like a true contender for yeah. more, uh, not, not just serious, but very, uh, uh, I guess serious is the word I'm looking for. Or high level. Yeah. D- d- high caliber roles. I, I mean, guess. she is the leading role in this and she does such a good job she is great um even you know the sebastian stan who plays jeff um he does a good job he's also not american either he's from romania so margot robbie is from australia he's from romania and they have to play these two kind of redneck americans it's kind of funny (laughs) They, they do it justice um truly enjoyed it um being a 90s baby um i was too little to really truly remember this as it was happening but um it was i think very well told it really you know kind of brings especially because it came out in 2017 a new generation to to this crazy story that otherwise wouldn't have known about it Um, because i don't really hear people talk about it very much anymore it's not really you know we, we, you know, we move on to the next controversy. So it's it was definitely a very uh, captivating retelling. I enjoyed it. Four out of five. Awesome. I'm going to go ahead and give this 
film a 4.5 out of 5. I truly enjoyed the way that they filmed it with, like Jamie said, breaking the fourth wall, intersecting these different storylines or perspectives on what truly happened because it, you know, for, for somebody's interpretation of a situation, you can't tell them that their feelings are wrong. So the way that, you know, they felt they were treated in this situation, their interpretation of it isn't wrong. And to see how they formed their own narratives to each of these, to, to this larger story was great. The acting and the casting is amazing. Just like Jamie said, Alice and Janney is incredible. Margot Robbie, she does a great job as Tanya. And not only that, the training and the prosthetics and the directing that was all put into this, like I said, it was done in 30 days, which seems cuckoo that they are able to to do all this. Granted, it takes a lot more um, preparation and whatnot to put it all together. So the casting was great. The, The costumes were amazing and mm-hmm. the hair and the wigs and just so many different elements that tied it all together and keep in mind they only spent 11 million dollars on this and made over 50 million yes tons Huge of money financial success yeah it was it was it was great and i think too you know this was kind of on the right before the whole OJ thing happened so it was another really really big story that people remember obviously the Olympics have huge ratings and she does mention that NBC wasn't going to not let her skate for whatever reason because there's such huge um you know for ratings and and whatnot so it's another thing that kind of goes into all of the the image of what these big sporting events really are so I kind of like that other perspective from the kind of production side of showing sports to the entire world I think it's Mm -hmm. it's really great and um, just this the story I think maybe it's a little bit of a redemption story for Tanya and um, what do you think do you think that she had anything to do with the attack I don't. I don't think she did. I don't think so either. And, you know, even if she did, that sucks. But I don't I don't want to say can you blame her because that, that, that sounds like I'm just saying, hey, it's okay to just hurt somebody Condoning to get you. It, yeah. yeah, no, 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 absolutely not. That was wrong. But you learn so much about her that it's hard for you to not feel incredibly awful for what happened to her before and after the incident but no I I honestly don't think she had anything to do with it I don't think she did either and like we were mentioning we were talking about before we started recording I think it could be one of those really divisive questions where you know to me it kind of seems obvious that she didn't that she had nothing to do with it but like with OJ some people may think it's obvious that he didn't kill Nicole and uh uh Lyle I can't remember his first name but to me it's like well he obviously did so I think it's one of these really divisive questions it's a did Courtney Love kill Kurt Cobain yes (laughs) it's one of these big questions that can divide a room in a way and I just love the way that this story was told and getting to know Nancy 
aside from what the camera showed on TV, because I do remember a little bit of this um, as a as a little tiny kid. I know that my mom was probably enthralled in this whole thing. So um, that is our review of I, Tanya. Like Jamie said, it's available on Hulu. I would also recommend watching the ESPN 30 for 30, The Price of Gold, hmm. which uh, also talks about this, and it goes into... Um, uh, it shows obviously a lot more um, live footage from the Olympics and other competitions, and it does some some interviews with um, coaches and um, even the woman who won the gold medal and from Ukraine and who was in the midst of all of this craziness happening at the Olympics. So if you really enjoy this story, check out that thirty for thirty. I think you can get it on Amazon for four bucks or something. Well, that's our show today, you guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Um, give us some more ideas on um, different shows, films, documentaries you'd like us to review. Um, as always, we uh, love your guys' perspective, so let us know. I mean, what did you think of the film? And also, what did you think? Do you think Tanya knew or not? Um, but until next time, you guys, uh, thanks, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.